Hey everyone, uh, Jason Klein here. I'm the senior minister here at Refocus Christian Church, uh, located in Fallonsby, West Virginia. I just want to say uh, thank you so much for listening to our content. Uh, feel free to share or like or leave any comments you have. Uh, we're always looking to engage with people. Uh, what are some questions you have? What are some things that you might be learning? Uh, and at the same time, if you want to know more about us, check us out at refocuschurch.com, uh, which also has a link to our Facebook there. Uh, and so it just has uh, upcoming events, things that are going on, uh, sermon series that we're in. Uh, so once again, thanks for being a part of this. Thank you for listening in. And as always, please feel free to share and comment or like, because uh, we want to make sure that we're trying to reach as many people possible uh, with the good news of Jesus Christ. All right. Have a great day. morning, everyone. In case you haven't realized, today's theme is light. No, actually, yeah, that's pretty neat. Uh, working with Cody and some of that stuff was planned. Some of it just worked out the way that it was supposed to. Before we get started, I'm going to read several scriptures. I'm just going to fire them off at you. Uh, John 8, 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 1 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is not overcome. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Matthew 5 14, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Matthew 5 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others, they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 1 John 1 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us all from sin. Ephesians 5, 8. Once, uh, for you were once darkness, but you, now you are light and the Lord. Live as children is light. And, 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 and the list just goes on and on of, of how Jesus not only establishes himself, but of his expectation for those of us who choose to follow him. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for the fact that you love us the way that you do. It's, it's often overwhelming, but it's incredible. As we dive into uh, the scripture this morning, I pray you just allow us to see more through your eyes, God, what you expect of us. And I pray that as every time we, we teach your word, that I protect the, the words that are coming out of my mouth and protect those who are hearing here and online that I just allow the spirit to speak as only it can. And uh, God, just thank you once again for this opportunity. Your son's name we pray. Amen. I have never in my life met anyone who enjoys being in the dark. The only exception to that rule is there's a fictional character in the DC universe named Bane. And if you ever watch any comics or read any comics, he's, I was born in the darkness and whatever. Uh, amazing. But once again, in real life, I've never met anyone who has ever wanted to stay in darkness. Uh, my wife and I, uh, with our boys, recently stayed last weekend. We came down, and we were staying in our house up on up on the hill, and 
Um, everything was going great. The whole day was going well. And then we got to bedtime. And if you have young kids, bedtime is like this really unique routine. And if you break their routine, it, it's literally the worst thing that you could ever do in the world because it just messes them up. So we get there and we're all getting ready for bed. And all of a sudden we realize we brought not a single nightlight with us. It was bad, right? So I'm asking my kids, all under six, so Everett and Griffin are in one room and Miles is in his crib and in another room, and we're asking them to go to sleep in a house they've never been in with sounds they've never heard, with smells they've never smelled. Literally, we're asking them to go ahead and just go to bed and sleep in total pitch black darkness. As you can imagine... It did not go very well. Uh, I think they had slept for like five minutes. One of them didn't even fall asleep. And all of a sudden, for like the next two hours, it's kind of this back and forth. My brother, who I love dearly, uh, I called him at like 10 o'clock. And I was like, hey. I was like, where are you? He's like, I went home. I was like, can you run to the store? Like, we need some nightlights. He's like, yeah, yeah, we're good. So Uncle Jeff shows up 20 minutes later, and there's a light in every room, and everyone goes to sleep, right? There's just something about darkness that even little kids understand. It's just, it makes us feel uneasy. I remember when, when Danny and I first got married, one of my favorite stories to tell, uh, we were living in a house not too far from here, and we had just gotten married. We were used to living together and you know, sharing a bedroom in the very uh, first night we're there. Uh, I got up in the middle of the night, and I had lived in this house for a couple months. I kind of knew the layout as so I got up, and I went to the bathroom, and, and as I come back from the bathroom, I turn the light off, and I, I see this shadowy figure standing in the doorway of my bedroom. Once again, darkness makes your mind start to run. And I'm thinking, okay, I can tell by a shadow they're smaller than me. I got this. I'm going to fight them. <laughs> like, like that's, that's it. Like, that, that's my, I'm going to it. Like, I, my wife, I don't know where she is. I hope she's okay. But whoever this person is, wrong house. So, like, I'm running through my mind, and all of this stuff is slowly starting to unravel, right? And so I'm, just, I'm getting kind of amped up, and I'm ready to go. All of a sudden, I, like, I put my hand out and like grab this person by the face, right? Because I'm just thinking, I'm all in. And Danny goes, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean, what am I doing? I'm like, why are you standing in the dark? Like, in the doorway. Like, why didn't you say, well, I'm not quite awake. I'm like, I could have hurt you. <laughs> like, like, I didn't, but like, do you understand? Like, my mind is, like, I've got to protect you, right? There's... There's something about darkness that it's, it, it makes our brains weird. You ever sat in a dark room? Your hair stands on end. You're ready to run or fight. You hear things. The, the ice maker goes off, and you're like, what's that? Like, there's, there's just something about darkness that from the, the human side of things, we're, we're, not, we're not meant for it. We don't thrive in it. So here we are the week after Easter. The tomb is empty. Jesus is, is making his rounds and he's talking to the people. 
and he's, he's getting ready to go. He's, he's getting ready to go back to where he came from. And so the question that, that we always face after Easter is, is what's next? What do we do with this information? The grave is empty. The Savior has risen. The, uh, the, the world has found salvation. Sin has been dealt with. In order to answer this question, we actually have to go back a little bit to when Jesus was, was originally, he kind of started his ministry in Matthew 5. So Matthew 5, 13 through 16 says this, As you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, you should let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus is telling his audience, don't, what I am showing you, what I am teaching you, don't, it, it's for your benefit, but just, not just your benefit. Don't, don't take the message of, of who I am. Don't take the stories that they will write of me. Don't, don't take the things that I've done and, and hide them away. Instead, let people see through you who I am. My Father, your Father will be glorified if you can do these things. It's not a secret. This is meant for the world. It's meant to be life-changing. The, the, the secret of, of the gospel is the fact that it's not a secret. That it's meant for everyone to have a chance, an opportunity to know who Jesus is. So go. Be a light to the world. Be a beacon. In the darkness, walk into the darkness and see what happens. I love, I love the idea of light. And actually, I want to show you a video. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, sea, anything related to like the deep sea, right? Because I'll never go diving, at least not far enough down. But there's, there's a certain part of the ocean that is just utterly terrifying. Uh, if you've ever, ever watched any kind of like special on animals, there are animals that we've only had the privilege of seeing because of technology. But one of the things that I've always been fascinated uh, was uh, by the idea of bioluminescence. And so that's this idea that there are certain creatures at a certain depth who create their own light. Quite literally, God created some of the darkest places in the world at the depth of the sea. But even in that darkness, God made sure that those things had light. And the beauty of it is, is no matter how dark it is, that light can be captured and seen. And so we're going to watch a quick video uh, of some people who are way smarter than me that are going to talk about this a little bit because I think it's just such a beautiful thing. The deep sea is actually full of light, but the light is not sunlight coming down from the surface. It's light that is produced by a wide variety of animals that live there. I'm Steve Haddock, 
and I'm a senior scientist at Imbari. I study bioluminescence. Bioluminescence is the term that we use for living light. Bio meaning life and luminescence meaning light. You're probably familiar with bioluminescence through the example of a firefly. In the ocean, many, many organisms are able to produce bioluminescence. The organisms living in the deep sea are living in a largely dark environment, but they need some ways to communicate with each other. And the most efficient and effective way to do that in the ocean is actually to use light. At Imbari, we're trying to take the latest in technological developments and use it to answer centuries-old questions about how and why organisms bioluminesce. Scientists and engineers have teamed up to mount a low-light camera on a remotely operated vehicle, and this allows us to film bioluminescent light in its natural environment. Every time we go to sea, I get excited about the possibilities of what we're going to see with our low-light camera. One example of an organism that uses bioluminescence to find food is the anglerfish that uses the light from the lure to attract prey to it. And the anglerfish can use this to attract prey, just like moths would come to a light bulb. We're starting to find that some squid are thought to use glowing tentacles that they dangle down to attract prey. And we even found a siphonophore, which is these long jellyfish-like creatures, that uses bioluminescent lures to attract fish in the deep sea. The red crown jelly creates this pinwheel of light as part of its display. And that initial bioluminescence is thought to serve as a burglar alarm. The way that works is if a predator, like say a shrimp, comes along and is starting to nibble on that jelly, it will start its pinwheel of light, and that might attract another you realize how like a fish or a squid that wants to eat that shrimp. All the burglar alarm is one of the best examples of how that we have creatures in the darkest parts of the ocean, and I love it that the idea of that that bioluminescence means living light. They use it for for hunting. They use it for protection. They use it to to be able to see where they are. And what I love about that is the fact that it, 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 it's God created that. It was designed that way. So even in the dark, even in the darkest of the darks, God made sure that light was visible. Naturally. I love when the, the ocean waves hit and that blue tint. It's gorgeous. There's something about light that that attracts us to it. Think about it. People who have a, a good spirit about them, right? They're happy. They're in a good mood. They're, we like those people. We're drawn to them. When we're scared, when we're nervous, when, when things are, are not that great, when we're walking down an arc, a dark alley, we, we shuffle our feet a little faster to get to the light. When, when the world is one thing after another and the news has given us more and more and more things to be concerned about, we, we turn it off. My grandmother used to watch 
my grandmother and grandfather both used to watch old westerns like all the time. Uh, that was kind of their thing. If you walked into the house, that or the Andy Griffith show, that was another thing that was always on. And and I and I asked my grandmother one time. I was like, "Why do you like? Why do you watch that? I mean, it's it's like old. <laughs> you know, I'm not right, and and I I can appreciate it now, but." It's like sometimes life just needs to be simple. Like stuff like that makes me feel, still feel hopeful. Right? That, that, that's the kind of stuff that we're drawn to. We're, we're drawn to the light. Naturally, we're drawn to it. We fear darkness. Like I said, I, I've never met a single person in this world that loves being in the dark. I think that's on purpose. When I think about the church, when I think about where we are as a culture, when I think about uh, the world and, and, and how things are just insane most of the times, when I think about my, my children, Everett and Griffin and Miles, and, and the future that they're going to bring with them, that they're, they're stepping into, whether they realize it or not. When, when I think about my own life and where we're headed I find myself more and more attracted to this idea of what it means to be bioluminescent what it means to be a living light what it means to to be something in the world that stands out not because of who I am not because of what I do but because of who I believe in when I look at a world that that is torn Oftentimes, this side against this side, all I can think about is Jesus coming into a very much divided culture of his own and saying, I am the light that you need, and I need you to show people that. The church is supposed to be the greatest beacon of light the world's ever seen. Everything people need, everything that they're designed to want, we're supposed to be that for them. A safe place. A place where they can grow in their faith. A place where they can come truly as they are. Broken. And find hope. Oftentimes I, I get stuck with this idea of, uh, of the church because I think sometimes we're not always the best source of light for people. We get, you know, we get stuck on how things are, you know, things that we do. Um, we get stuck in our patterns. We get stuck in ruts. We get, we get, we get internally focused, right? And, and it happens. When things go weird, we, we, we look inside. That's, that's kind of how we adjust. But the church is never supposed to be like that. That's your per- the church is supposed to be out in the world more than they are in a church building. We're supposed to be the example. We're supposed to be the ones that are walking with people who are broken, the single mothers, the single fathers, the broken families, the drug addicts, men and women addicted to pornography, broken families, broken people. We are literally supposed to walk beside them and sometimes grab them by the hand and show them there's a better way. 
We are called to be light in a world that oftentimes feels like it's nothing but darkness. We are called to love people where they are. We are called to take care of the widows. We are called to take care of the children. We choose to be an example for the world that we live in. We love unconditionally. We offer a hand up without expecting anything in return. We spend time in our community. We spend time bettering our community. We serve the people around us. We don't spread gossip, slander, or malice. We do all that we can to be like Christ. We share Jesus with those around us and wherever God decides to take us next. I live in a world that, that often feels overwhelmed by darkness. I had a conversation with a gentleman that I worked with recently, and as I was leaving, he asked me, he's like, do you think we're in the end times? I was like, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, every generation prior to me has thought that at one time or another, so it's not a new thing. And so we kind of got into this dialogue, and like, where do you, what do you think? Like, well, I was like, if we are, I'm not worried about it. Well, why? Like, why would I be worried about it? I read the end. I know what happens. I know where God stands. I know who's standing on my side. If the world is ending... Okay. Because from what I understand and what the Bible teaches me and is the darkness will be overcome. That at the end, Jesus wins ultimately. All of it gets fixed. All of it gets restored. I have hope. Well, you have kids. I have hope for them too. That's the beauty of it. No matter what happens next, not worried about it because there is nothing in this world that can stop the light that's already in it you and I as the church are the light the world needs we literally have an army behind us in front of us next to us a God who is marching the entire way every victory every battle every storm Every moment of darkness, at the end of this world, the darkness will disappear and the light will remain. Nothing will stop that. That's the beauty of who we are. And what that world needs is they need to see that in us. Do we live like we're the light of the world? Or do we keep it to ourselves? Do we walk into darkness praying and hoping to make a difference for those who feel there is no way out? Like I said before, I've never met anyone who likes being in the darkness. But I've met plenty of people who don't know how to get out of it. They stay there because they're stuck. They stay there because they feel there really is no way. And what we do is we walk into that darkness and we say, let me show you something better. Let me show you 
a grave <laughs> that is empty. Let me show you a God who understands. Let me show you an army that is insurmountable. No matter how dark it is, no matter how tough it is, no matter where you stand, let me show you the light that you so desperately need. And if we are not doing that, then who is? Let's pray. God, we, we thank you so much for who you are, for, for everything about you. that you really are the light the world is so desperately in need of. God, I pray that as we walk into this world, our jobs, our schools, our homes, that you challenge us to be more and more of that light every day. Thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you for the promise of eternal life. And thank you for keeping the darkness at bay. Let me pray. Amen. And with that, I before I, I step off here, I, I want to invite you to maybe even made that choice. Maybe maybe even made that decision. Maybe you are walking in darkness. You know, maybe you just need prayer. Because the darkness in your life feels overwhelming. And so I uh, as Cody plays through our last song, I'm going to find myself in the back of the room. I just want to encourage you to come talk to me. Even after today, start a conversation. Find someone here that you know and start to ask those questions. What does it look like to not only have the light in my life of Jesus, but what does it look like to be the light for someone else? Please stand. Take my life and let it be created, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move. At the impulse of our love Take my feet and let them be Swift and beautiful for thee Here am I On me Take my And I will be ever only all for thee.
want y'all to have a great week and be blessed. <coughs> yeah, let the video play. Thanks so much for checking out this week's podcast. Hey, if you want to learn more about our church, check us out at refocuschurch.com or look us up on Facebook at Refocus Christian Church. We're located in Fallonby, West Virginia. Uh, We'd love to have you and your family out. Come check out and see what God is doing in our people, in our community, in our church. All right, later.